It's it's incredible to be married to somebody that that God has picked for you. And it is just the most amazing journey to be married to this man. We've we've been married for 14 and a half years. So it's it's quite a lifetime we got married young, praise God. But even if you're not married yet tonight, and I'm specifically going to speak to those of you not married, but if you are married, you will most certainly get something from this evening. Like all this, the people who are not married got something from this morning when Andre preached. But it is really special to wait for that, for that person, and it's really awesome to, to walk a journey together. And even if you're not married yet, and if you, even if you didn't get married young like we did, it is still worth it to wait, and it's still worth it to wait for God's plan and for his heart for you. So I just want to encourage you tonight, no matter where you are, no matter what your, your past has been, no matter, what, no matter what has happened in your life, God has a plan and he has a purpose. And marriage is, is designed by God to be a blessing and not a curse. And I know there's, there's many... There's many pictures in the world about marriage and relationships that is not good, unfortunately. But our testimony is that it, it can work, it will work if God is the center. Amen? And I just want to encourage you tonight. There is, yeah, there's just so many beautiful, beautiful stories of people, even who didn't start strong, but they end strong. Amen? And this is, what, this is the hope that we have. So I'll, I'll start with, with a story. We, we were really good friends at Varsity, and, you know, we were such good friends that I really never thought there would, there would be anything between us. I mean, who, who gets married to their best friends, you know? <laughs> That's what I thought. And there was, there was many people who said, Sonica, won't you get married to Andre? And I was like, what? You know, what are you talking about? There was just, you know, he was cool. I was uncool. At Varsity, I was really uncool. For a, for a very long time in my life, I was very uncool until I met him. He made me, he made me cool. <laughs> but I just never thought there would be anything, anything between us. And, you know, there was, there was a stage in our, in our friendship when he was interested in another girl in church. And I was, for some reason, really upset about it. I mean, he's my friend, you know. <laughs> And I couldn't, I couldn't figure out my heart. I couldn't figure out what was going on. I've never had a boyfriend before, before Andre, not a, like a formal dating relationship. And I just couldn't figure out my heart. But what I, what I, what I know or what I, what I realized then is that I felt safe with him and I felt comfortable with him. And looking back, I just realized over and over again that friendship is the most amazing foundation, the best foundation for a marriage relationship. And as I say, they were, you know, he was my first boyfriend, and even though there were other, di- other guys who showed interest, or I thought maybe, you know, this can work, there was a season for me in terms of waiting that I want to share with you tonight. And my mom always said, I'm way too picky, and I'm not going to get a husband, you know, because I'm... <laughs> I'm just not, you know, there were, there were quite a few guys that my mom thought, this man is amazing, and I was just not interested. <laughs> and she was very concerned about her daughter that's not going to get a husband. And, 
You know, I, I just realized that there's, there's really something about the person that God, that God picks for you. So I want to take you to a scripture in Song of Solomon 2 verse 7. I don't, no, nobody ever reads Song of Solomon, eh? Or do you guys read Song of Solomon? <laughs> like every now and again, maybe. There's, there's a scripture in Song of Solomon 2 verse 7. I'm going to read to you from the message translation. It says, oh, let me warn you sisters in Jerusalem. I don't know why only the girls were warned in those days, but the sisters were warned. By the gazelles, yes, by all the wild deer. That was obviously the, you know. I'm sure they meant like, for heaven's sake, you know, something like that. Let me warn you, don't excite love. Don't stir it up until the time is ripe and until you are ready. And this is quite an amazing scripture in the book of the Bible that is all about love and it's all about um, a relationship between a man and a woman. But what happened to me at school, I was in grade nine and I... I made a friend who was in matric by, by that time. He became hit boy, and we, we made music together, and he was a Christian, and for some reason, we became friends, you know. To all the, you know, matric girls, they were very upset about the hit boy showing interest in a standard sieve by the by then. Uh, but we, made, we, we played guitar together, and we made music t- together, and we actually developed a really special friendship. And it, it got to a stage when I was in matric that it was not, a, it was not just a friendship anymore. And how, even though we never formally dated, it, it, it came to a stage where I knew I've crossed the line between friendship and between just a normal friendship and a dating relationship. So I, I really felt in my heart that God said, I must break the friendship which for me at that stage was really hard because we had these long telephone conversations and we were spending a lot of time writing letters, you know, all these things that just a normal friend doesn't do. But I was convinced that this is just a normal friend. And I knew in my heart I would never get married to this guy. I knew. I knew in my heart. And that is why I know that, that God said to me, I, I can't actually continue with a friendship because from his side it wasn't the same. But even though I was convinced I'll never get married to him, to break the friendship was, I was quite heart sore. I was quite heartbroken. And I said to God, Lord, how does this work? You know, how, why did you allow me to, 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 you know, to come to a place where it's more than just a friendship? And, you know, God just explained to me so clearly that I actually awakened something in my own heart when the time wasn't right and when I knew in my heart I'll never get married to this guy. And this is what the scripture is talking all about, that there's a time and there's a season and there's a person. And that person should awake the love in your heart. But as soon as our love is awakened by anybody else or in a wrong season, it can break our hearts. And there's many other things. Also, love can be stirred up in a very wrong way. It can be stirred up in a negative way. That's not actually love, but it's lust. But that can also leave ourselves, leave our hearts broken. And the, the God recipe for a, for a good relationship is, is to stir up love in the right season and with the right person when, when you are ready. And when you are ready, that doesn't mean that you are perfect and without any issues or with a perfect background. It's not what it's talking about. It's just God's season.
for you. There's so many people who found a wonderful wife and a wonderful husband, and they're still working through things. So just never believe the lie that you must be perfect or that you must be, you know, you must be this person without any issue because this is not the truth. Amen? It's not the truth. So there's something about investing. Like Andre said this morning, the biggest investment you can make in your, in your future marriage is to spend time with God, to grow in your relationship with God. However, it doesn't mean that you must come to a point, as I said, where you are without any insecurities before you can go into a relationship. So for those of you who are not yet in a, in a, in a relationship, do not believe the lie that there's something wrong with you or that you have too many issues because that is not God. That voice is not God. God determines a time and a season. And for some of us, it's later in our lives. For some of us, it's earlier. But the biggest investment you can make before you enter into a a serious relationship, before you get married, is to grow in your relationship with the Lord. And it's it's a God-given desire. If, If you ever feel guilty for wanting to get married, that is not God's. Amen? It's a God-given desire to want to get married. So to ask God to take away the desire to get married, that is the wrong prayer. Okay? Because sometimes we come to a point, we just say, okay, God, I, I want to not be focused on my future spouse. I want to be focused on you, so rather just take all these emotions away. But that's the wrong prayer. It's a godly desire to want to get married. What, what we have to pray is, God, help me to embrace my season. Amen? Help me to embrace my specific season that I'm in. Because all of us go through different seasons, and that is the secret, to embrace your season. Amen? So I want to go through a few things that, that I've seen in, in my waiting, in my stage of waiting for the right person, because I was very concerned that I would make a mistake. It was the one thing in my life that I really wanted to get right. It was very important for me not to make a mistake with a man I'm going to marry. And I, I'm sure for most of you or for all of you, it's the same desire not to make a mistake. And I was so stressed about it until God said to me, Sonica, you won't make a mistake. You won't make a mistake. If we sincerely and honestly see God, you won't make a mistake. And it brought so much peace to my heart because I, I, was, I was really stressed <laughs> about getting married to the wrong guy. And also... In the other hand, I was, I was scared to trust God because what if he gives me somebody I don't like? I was really stressed about that. <laughs> I was concerned that if, if I leave it in God's hands altogether, he's going to give me this guy that I don't like. And God said to me, why on earth would I do that? You know, why on earth would God give you somebody that you don't like? And, you know, I've come to a point in my, in my waiting stage where I just said, okay, God, I trust you. I trust you with all of my heart. And it changed so many things for me. So first of all, as I said, there must be a natural connection. There must be a natural, spontaneous friendship. That is the basis of, of any marriage relationship. And I remember I had a friend at Varsity, not Andre. We were a group of friends, and there was this one guy. There was this one guy. He was really a great friend to do things you know, to like do an activity, like go to movies. Or, but whenever there was like we had to talk, it was uncomfortable. You know, you would ask me things like, 
so what did you do over the weekend? And then I was like, I blank, you know, I blank. Then I said, I studied, because this is basically what I did every weekend. <laughs> I studied and I did my laundry. Then he was like, is that it? <laughs> it's like, I told you I was uncool. I, I studied. <laughs> On weekends, I did my laundry and I studied. And there was just not a conversation flowing. And I realized very soon this guy is, this is not going to work in terms of a, a relationship. With Andre, it was so different, you know. And I would tell him, I studied and I did my laundry. It was like, I can't remember what he said, but it was just, it was fine with him, you know. It was cool <laughs> for him. And uh, I, I, I remember any other guy who ever came to my hostel, went to visit it, to visit me, and like after 20 or 30 minutes, I'll check, the, check my watch and say, sorry, you need to excuse me, I must go study. I, I promise, that was not like, happened so often. And they were like, they couldn't believe it. With Andre, it was like, sorry, uh, I have to go, I must go study. He was just, okay, then he rocks up there the next day again. He was like, he was not intimidated by my studying. But I, I just realized with our friendship, it was just very different. Very different. I just felt comfortable. I just felt, I felt safe. I could actually be myself around him, you know. My studies and my doing my laundry over a weekend, it, it, it didn't make me feel stupid. I felt fine, you know, to, to tell him that. And it is, it is a place where, where you feel safe around a person. There must be a natural friendship connection. And I want to ask you this question for those of you who are in a relationship. Would there be any relationship left? Would there be any friendship left if there's no physical contact? If there's not even holding hands? Would you actually have something to talk about? And that is the question you must ask yourself. If there's absolutely no physical interaction in any way, would there be anything left to talk about? Would you actually still have a friendship left? And that is your test. That is your test. Is, is, this, a, is this really a friend? Then there must be a spiritual confirmation. There must be somehow some, something from God that approves your relationship. If you, if you are serving Jesus. I'm making an assumption that, that you are serving God. If you're not serving God, then... Obviously, you, you won't necessarily check with the Lord what his opinion is. But any relationship will go through a stage where you doubt if this is the right person. You, you won't believe how many married people often doubt whether they got married to the right person. Or many women I've spoken to. I haven't spoken to many men about this topic. But so, I, I know so many ladies who actually come... Somewhere in their marriage, they come to a point where they doubt that they got married to the right person. And even in your dating relationship, even in, in, in the season before you get married, there will be times when you think, is this really the one? And then even, an, a, a, even a spontaneous, natural, good friendship is not going to give you that answer. You need something from God, even if it's just a supernatural peace after you ask God's opinion. It's so important to consult with God. You know, all know the scripture, Proverbs 3, verse 6, 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. 
and he will direct your path. And I think when it comes to relationships, I've just noticed that people don't always consult with God. They consult their own hearts. They follow their own hearts. And then when they do consult with God, they are so emotionally attached already to the person that is very hard and very difficult to hear. Because you don't really want to hear a no. You just want to hear, of course, you know, God is happy with the relationship. That is why it's really good to consult God before you are emotionally attached. While it's still just a, a friendship. Or even when, you, even when there's not a deep friendship yet. To consult God. To say, God, what do you think? What is your opinion on this? Amen. It's, it's very, very difficult in this area to hear God's voice if, you, are, if you, you get very close to a person. It's hard. It's hard to hear. And this is why the, the best way to, to check with God is way before your heart is, is emotionally attached. And sometimes we have to lay down. Sometimes you need to say, okay, God, I lay down completely. And that is, that is when you would be able to hear the most accurately. When you, when you say, Lord, I lay down. I lay down completely. Then you would be able to know that you know that God is able to speak to you without you kind of making suggestions to God, you know, and making suggestions what the answer should be. Then another question that is really important is, does the person inspire you? If you meet somebody, does that person inspire you to seek the Lord? I remember in our relationship, Andres always inspired me to seek God, and he still does. And it's a really, really good check if the relationship is, is healthy. It's a really good check to, to determine, is this person going to be a long-term investment? <laughs> Amen? Because if the person does not inspire you to see God, but he or she distracts you from the Lord, there's, there's like red lights, okay? Warning lights. If, if the person already in a friendship phase does not inspire you to seek the Lord, but he or she distracts you from the Lord, there's, there's, there's red lights. You need, to, you need to ask yourself, is this the person that you want to spend the rest of your life with? So, it's, it's something even just more than inspiring, you know. What, how passionate is the person about your church or your church family? Because your church family is more, than just a, is more than just a school that you attend. It's more than just a varsity or a, or a hobby or a, a tennis club or something. It's your family. So what is the person's opinion on, on your church family and your friends? How important is church? To him or her. So there, there's, there's something that could be a, a really strong, either like red lights or a confirmation. If the person is wholeheartedly with you in the same body of Christ, or at least in the same kind of body of Christ where there's the same values and the same priorities. So the person must inspire you to seek the Lord. Very important. Also, you could, observe, you could observe quite a few things if you spend time in a group. I think all of you know that. But I think for me, what, what, what helped me most in a, in a group is I just be, became myself. 
which is very attractive. The, the more you become yourself, the more you see God, the more you just draw closer to God, the more attractive you become. And sometimes we're so focused on finding the right person instead of becoming the right person. Sometimes we are so, so heavily focused on we have to find the person of my dreams. And this awesome person, you know, tick, 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 all my boxes. But what about you? Are you working towards being somebody that somebody else is going to appreciate, that somebody else is going to pursue, that somebody else is going to think, wow, wow, I wish I can be married to her or to him. And I think it's, you know, when you spend time in a group, like just going on missions, or I remember what our first, Andre and my first ministry was the, the church choir. So we, all a whole friendship group, it was the in thing, okay? The in thing, we did the church choir in those days, everybody did. And the first time he noticed me was when our church choir had to perform at some other thing, and we were singing on the, on the rugby field, and I was accompanying the choir on the piano, and I wore this little white hat with a yellow sunflower. It was a really cute hat. I don't know what happened to the hats. It was my favorite hat, and it was quite a, like a in-your-face hat, you know? I had to be really brave to wear it, but that day I did. And then Andre noticed this girl with a sunflower hat. It was the first time, eh? It was the first time he recognized me. Praise God for that sunflower hat. (laughs) But it was the church choir. Surprise, surprise. (laughs) That was where we we actually met and we, we, we connected. And it is so powerful and so valuable to just do life together. And church is a great... A great opportunity. I remember I had, a, I had a colleague in Stellenbosch. She was really concerned about shofar then. I'm talking now 2001, around there. She said to me, Sonica, shofar is a really, really weird church because the people there get married to one another. I was like, what's weird about that? No, no, no. She said it's like this little subculture People get married to one another. Now I'm trying to explain to her, you know what? We spend quite a bit of time at church. So if you're a tennis player and you play a lot of tennis and you hang around your tennis buddies all the time, you're probably going to meet your husband there. Okay? It's just how life works. No, no, no. She doesn't understand this church. It's weird. (laughs) But I tell you, to, to meet your husband in church... It's just the most amazing place. We, last night we watched uh, with Vian, there's a Bible app. We watched one of the stories with him. He wanted to watch Samson. Now it's all about Samson and Delilah. Now I said to him, okay, what went wrong in this story? No, 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 mommy, it's that, that, la- that, that woman, Daitani. <laughs> I stoked Daitani. <laughs> so I said to him, okay, if you're looking for a wife, what, what is the requirements? No, mommy, she must... She must love Jesus and she must go to church because this, I hammer it, eh? She must love Jesus. She can't only love Jesus, she must also go to church. So Vian is quite convinced. Delilah is a very stout attorney and is staying away from those women. <laughs> church is such an amazing place to meet your wife or your husband. So I just want to encourage you, you know, 
Do life together. Just do life together. It's amazing how God bring, how he can bring two people together. But also, Andre and I are not the same people as 14 and a half years ago. We dated for two and a half, so then you get, what, 17. It's, it's, it's a long time to change. And I can honestly tell you that my husband is, is, you know, I'm so amazed by the fruit of the Spirit, the integrity, the, the man of God that he has become. I'm, I met him when he was 19 years old. When he was five months, he, he committed his life to God, and five months later, I met him. He was 19. And the man that he has become, I would never have been able to, to tick all the boxes when I met him. I wouldn't have been able. I still remember so many things God said to me about him. Because for some reason, I saw so much potential, you know, even straight from the beginning. When we did, we did beach outreaches together and he, he bunked his, his, his kitchen duty, you know. He didn't do his kitchen duty for specific reasons. And I would stand in for him. Can you believe it? Sucker, Sonica, standing for him. I'll do Andre's kitchen duty. I mean, what for? I mean, I wasn't like... I just, for some reason, God said to me, over and over, Sonica, give him time. He was not the, the at, at, by then, he was really not the man that I would tick, 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 this is my dream husband. What? The cook wanted to kill him, okay? Yeah, because I'm not, I can't go into this kind of detail. <laughs> okay, he, he just didn't bunk. He, he, he bunked for a specific reason, okay? He was scared because there were knives and things in the kitchen, and the cook, him and the cook were like, like that, and then he was like, like that, okay? <laughs> so, I didn't know about that. Otherwise, I wouldn't have done kitchen duty for him. But God said to me over and over, give him time. Be patient with him. And I thought, I don't understand this, Lord. Why are you telling me this? And even when we started dating, God gave me pictures about the man that he will become. I still remember the one picture. God gave me a picture how he just shook somebody's hand, the look in his eyes, the confidence, the security. I mean, I looked that that picture that God gave me was exactly the man I was looking for. But in that season, it wasn't the man that I saw when he was 19, 20, 21. It wasn't the man that I saw, but God gave me pictures of him. And God gave me words like, he's going to give Andre strong foundations in him. And he's going to give him, his, 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 his roots will go deep, 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 deep in, this, in God's soil. And there's so many things God gave me, and I just wrote it down. I said, God, I'm looking forward you know, to see this. And it, it, he has become all of those things and more. So what I'm trying to say is, yes, we need to look for the right person. We need to look for a friendship. We need to look for a confirmation from God. But ultimately, we are forever changing. So the person that you're going to meet today is not going to be the person you'll be in 10 years from now. This is why you need to be able to see with the eyes of your heart and the eyes of your spirit. Because if you're looking for Mr. or, or, or Mrs. Perfect, it's, it's, it, you, you might actually miss the person that God has intended you to get married to if you look for somebody that is perfect because we are forever changing.
And that is the beauty of getting married to somebody who's passionate about God. It's not about getting married to somebody without any issues. It's getting married to somebody who's passionately serving God because that person will forever change into the image of God. And that is the exciting part of being married to somebody who serves God. Amen? Do not be unequally yoked. I want to take you to a scripture that there's sometimes a lot of confusion about, but I want to read it to you in the, in the message translation. 2 Corinthians 6, verse 14 to 18. In the New King James Version, it just says, Do not be unequally yoked. Let me read to you the message translation, verse 14 to 18. It says, Do not become partners with those who reject God. Now, this word partners, it doesn't mean that we shouldn't have coffee with, with somebody who doesn't know God. It doesn't mean that we shouldn't reach out to people who do not know God. This, this is talking about a partnership. And in, the, in terms of marriage, it talks about a covenant relationship. So it's not about putting yourself in a glass cage and avoiding anybody who's not Christian. This is not what the scripture is all about. Don't become partners with those who reject God. How can you make a partnership out of right and wrong? That's not partnership. That's war. Is light best friends with dark? Does God, does Christ go strolling with the devil? I mean, picture that. Jesus and the devil having ice cream on the beach. Doing small talk. Do trust and mistrust hold hands. Who would think of setting our pagan idols in God's holy temple? But that is exactly what we are. Each of us a temple in whom God lives. God himself put it in this way. I will live in them, move in them, and I'll be their God and they will be my people. So leave the corruption and the compromise. Leave it for good, says God. Don't link up with those who will pollute you. I want you all for myself. And this is probably in all the translations I could find the one that describes this the best for me. How can there be a partnership between light and darkness? You know, so I, I had so many questions about this when, when I was at school because nobody really ex- ever explained this to me. And then I I came to a point where I realized, okay, if I serve Jesus, I cannot get married to somebody who doesn't serve Jesus. But that is, that is relationships 101, okay? This is the starting point. This is, this is, you don't even consider that, dating somebody who doesn't know Jesus. You, You cannot go into a relationship where, where, where there's light and darkness and trying to partner because there's no blessing on that. You know, there can't be any missionary dating. You know what that is? Missionary dating, you're now going to convert the, the person. Sonica, I love him so much. My love is going to change him forever. I promise you. You know, you, you deceive yourself. You deceive yourself if you are in a relationship with a guy or a girl they do not serve God, and you, be, you honestly believe they're going to change for you. And, and the, the, the problem is they might actually pretend that they want to change. They might pretend. They might even come to church with you. 
just to impress you, just to please you, but they're not serving God for themselves. That's missionary dating. There can't be any Mother Teresa dating. What is that? Mother Teresa dating is my love is enough for both of us. So my love is so strong, it's enough for both of us. I had a friend at Varsity. I, I, she was a roommate in, in my second year. She forever, forever had a boyfriend who, whom she had to help. You know, she was, she was for, forever looking out for the guy who needed help, which was her strength. She looked out for the down and out. That was her strength. But in the relationships, it was used against her. So she forever ended up in a relationship where the guy wasn't serving God, but she now was going to help him. Or she ended up in abusive relationships, like physical abusive relationships, because she's now going to change this guy and help this guy. It's, it's almost, it's like a Mother Teresa dating framework where you, you feel you're going to save the person and that your love and, and what you have is so strong that's going to change the person. Do not deceive yourself. You cannot go into a relationship trying to help the person, but that person is destroying your life and your relationship with God. Now, as I say, for a, for a very long time, I, I was confused about, can I get married to somebody who's a Christian? Can I not? And ultimately, I realized, okay, the guy must be a Christian. However, you can be unequally yoked, even if the person is a Christian. And I want you to listen carefully now. All of, for those of you who are serious about your relationship with God, you could be unequally yoked, even if you get married to a Christian guy or a Christian girl. Do you know how many married people are unequally yoked? They are both Christians, many of them, but they are unequally yoked, a lot. They are sometimes even going to the same church, but they are unequally yoked. You see, you need to ask yourself, what does the person think about the Holy Spirit? If you have a relationship with the Holy Spirit... Does the other person have a relationship with the Holy Spirit? If you feel that you are called to the ministry, if you feel in your heart that you are called maybe full-time in the future, or maybe you just, I mean, all of us are in the ministry, ultimately. It doesn't really mean, it doesn't really uh, matter what you do, but if you feel that you are called, you just know there's a calling upon your life, you, 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 you could be unequally yoked if you just get married to a Christian you have to know that, that there's, a, there's a blessing upon your relationship. You know, is the person actively involved in church? If you believe, you know, some people are okay to come to church and maybe go once a week to a life group, that's it. That's their lives. They're content. Okay? And that is their life. That is their choice. So if you get married to somebody who is happy with that, that should be okay. If you are not that person... I wasn't for certain not that person. I said to God, Lord, please just give me somebody who's passionate about church. Uh, that was the wrong prayer to pray. <laughs> I got like passionate, 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 passionate about church. But I'm so blessed by that. I'm so blessed because for me, that was besides serving Jesus or besides having somebody who served God, a very, very high priority. 
that the person must be actively, actively involved in church. Because for me, it was more than just a hobby. It was more than just, uh, I don't know what to do, so I go to church. It was my life. It was my life since ever. When I was a student, when I started working, you know, right through my varsity career, when I was writing like five-hour exams, the next day I was in the worship team the Sunday evening. I was crazy, but I just, it was, it was so much a part of my life, and I needed somebody who shared that value. And if you are serious about that part of your life, you need to find somebody who's passionate. If you have a relationship with the Holy Spirit and you're not willing to compromise on that, you need somebody who's passionate about the Holy Spirit, about church, about things that are really, really important to you. And if I say also unequally yoked, it doesn't mean that your favorite color must be blue. Okay. There's certain values. There's certain priorities. It's not about being similar. It, the, there must be a unity that connects you. Amen? Amen. You know what? You have the privilege to choose rights. You have the privilege. You, do you know how many people are married? They got married, and then the one person started serving God. And now they are, they are married to a person who doesn't want to serve Jesus. Do you know how privileged you are to choose rights? Do you know the, the amazing privilege you have to ask God for his opinion? It is, uh, we spoke to a lady this morning. She's a divorced woman. She visited our church this morning. She said, wow. She, w- she wishes with all of her heart that she could have had this sermon that Andre did this morning when she was young. She wishes with all of her heart she could have heard these truths when she was young. It's such an incredible privilege that we have to choose right. If you are in a relationship currently or have somebody in mind, just a few things to to keep in mind. Be friends for as long as possible. I know this is incredibly difficult. You know, just if you feel that this is the right person to stay friends. But time brings clarity. Time, and the moment you overstep a boundary, the moment there's physical interaction, the moment you even start dating, it's very, it, it becomes more and more difficult to discern whether it's the right person. So stretch your friendship stage as long as possible. You can even be engaged for like three months. <laughs> but be friends for two years, okay? <laughs> be friends for as long as possible. Why do we... Why do we need to date for, for three years? Why do we need to be engaged for another, another five years? I, I know people like that, you know. They know each other forever. Now they engaged for like how many years? It doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> Stretch your friendship stage as long as possible. It's the, you will benefit the most. Your friendship stage is your, is your most special stage besides marriage that you will ever have in a, in a friendship. Be accountable. Please be accountable. Don't isolate yourself. Ask the opinion of your friends, your family. Please be accountable. You know, sometimes when couples come to us and they say, no, they really, you know, they feel this is now the person. Then I ask them, so what, what does your friends say about it? No, 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 they're very positive. Now I ask, who are your friends? Um, no, this one person. 
is very positive. Okay, who else? Uh, no, 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 this person. Then it ends up like my friends are very positive, but it's like two people, and then sometimes I know these two people, and then I know it's not necessarily a reliable source of information. You know, some people will jump up about any relationships. You know, they will be positive about anything because they just just their nature. So ask yourself, who are the people in my life that I can trust that loves me so much that they will speak the truth even if it hurts? You need those people's advice. Amen? If, if there are warning signs in the beginning, please do not ignore them. If there's any kind of abuse in a relationship, physical abuse, verbal abuse, emotional abuse, please get out of the relationship. If it's not going to get better. You see, sometimes we think when I get married, the person is going to change. It's probably going to get worse. It's probably going to get worse. If there's physical abuse already in a dating relationship, it's probably going to get worse. It's warning signs, okay? Red lights. If there's an addiction, if there's a serious addiction, you need, it's a warning, it's a, it's a warning sign, okay? Any kind of addiction is a warning sign. So you need to bring it before God and prayerfully, prayerfully ask God his opinion. Also, if there's unfaithfulness very early in the relationship, if your husband or your wife is unfaithful, we believe in forgiveness. We believe in fighting for the marriage for the rest of your life. We don't believe in just walking out of a relationship when you are married. But if you are in an early stage in, in a relationship and there's unfaithfulness and it's, it's happening all the time, it's a warning sign. It's a serious warning sign. Okay, so you need to prayerfully, prayerfully bring that before God. And before we're going to pray, I just want to end with this. The seeds that you sow in the time of waiting, the seeds that you sow now in the time of waiting before you enter into a relationship, it's either good seeds or it's bad seeds. And it's going to bear fruit. It's going to bear fruit, either good fruit or bad fruit. And sometimes we think it's, it's wasted time. It's wasted time. God, why haven't I found my husband yet? But let me tell you, there's certain things that some people only learn in their marriage that you can learn now already. You can, you can come to a point where you get married where you are so ready. You've invested so much in your own, in, your, in yourself, in your relationship with God that that investment will never be wasted. It will never be wasted. So it's a time and a season, even if you don't, even if, you, if you're not in a relationship where you can invest, where you can grow, where you can sow good seeds, and where it will be fruit in your marriage. Amen.